What's up, family? Welcome to the second episode of the Drunk Money Podcast. And today, we're getting drunk on housing. Let's get it. Morning, get your hustle on. Standing strong, mad morning, get your hustle on. Standing strong, mad morning, get your hustle on. Standing strong, mad morning, get your morning, get your morning, get your. What's good, y'all? So I felt like for the first three main episodes of the Drunk Money Podcast, it should be featured on everyone's biggest budget items. So you have housing. Uh, so that's going to be part one. You have transportation. That's going to be part two. And you're going to have food. That's going to be part three. So today we're mainly focused on housing. And I have a true passion for for homes and housing and and investing in real estate. I have not indulged in it yet, but it's something I've spent a lot of time um, doing research on and wanting to get into, especially just coming from my background. A, a lot of people I know don't own a home. A lot of people I know only are renters. And that does a lot for the wealth inequality, especially when you're looking at uh, minorities and uh, against, you know, uh, wealthier uh, demographics. So it's something that's very important for me. And I, I would like to in the future, once I've started investing, reach out, reach back to people and, and help them get along that path as well, if that's something that they're interested in. I mean, I don't really want this podcast to be super statistical, but man, if we're looking at just the average homeowner's net worth, you're looking at almost 200 grand versus the average renter's net worth, which is around six. So there's a huge discrepancy just in that alone. Not only that, but a lot of that wealth gets passed down. A lot of homes get passed down to later generations who then don't have to worry about a payment. Or they can sell their home to start a business or they can rent it out and have an investment property. So I just feel it's really important. And I feel it's just too many, too many Americans uh, particularly spend so much money on housing when it might not be the case. I know in certain areas like New York or California, you know, uh, housing is a necessity. And those areas are super expensive, but in other areas, it's it's kind of wild to be paying so much of your salary to your home, especially when you know homes for the most part don't appreciate as much as as um, the stock market or on average. Maybe after taxing and all that stuff, you might hit it, but uh, it fluct it doesn't it doesn't uh, increase as much. So, I mean, if we're just taking a look at my numbers, I want to be super transparent. So. My income, I'm truly blessed. Um, my income's around ninety-eight thousand, um, and my rent is only eighteen grand for the year. I got an extra month lease in there, but if we're just gonna do it on a yearly basis, it's eighteen grand, uh, and that's including utilities. Uh, so I just bumped that in. Uh, so my actual rent is around fourteen fifty, and because I don't use any energy, basically, uh, I'm not a hobbit, but. Uh, I don't take super long showers or or uh, I don't even turn the heat on. I just kind of got used to walking in, especially being in Denver. You walk outside and it's 12 degrees outside. You come home, it's 68 degrees, 69 degrees in your home. It feels comfortable. Then I just throw on some sweats and I got used to it. So 
I look at my usage compared to my neighbors, it's like a fraction. But um, so yeah, my uh, my utilities is usually only fifty a month. So altogether, uh, looking at fifteen hundred dollars a month for my rent, where um, I'm bringing in somewhere close to like fifty three hundred dollars a month. So it works out to be eighteen percent of my uh, total total salary. So you put that in combination with, and we're gonna get to that in a later episode with my transportation. I actually paid a little bit more for my rent than I probably could have, but just due to the fact that I can walk to work. So I'm paying a little bit extra for uh, the benefit that I don't have to spend a lot on transportation. I think I might fill up my car once a month. So it's truly amazing. And the rest of my money is able to go back into myself. So back into ventures like this, ventures like my a podcast or future businesses I may start or stocks or saving up for real estate. Um, just a little backstory. I was actually going to buy a property in Maryland before I moved to Denver. I had saved up the down payment, had uh, everything saved up. I had stocks on deck waited uh, just in case I needed to sell. Uh, I had the, I was pre-qualified. I was looking. As soon as I moved, I figured, well, I don't know much about the Denver or Aurora market. I don't know much about the area. I don't know which areas are good. I don't know what housing looks like. So I'll just rent. So I took all of that money and threw it into the stock market. And that's when I became a renter. It was my first place uh, by myself. And it's been a great experience. And it's, 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 not, it's not a burden for me uh, since I, it's such a low amount compared to what I actually make. It's, uh, it's, it's been, I feel that, that that's a good area to aim for. A lot of people, I, I look on blogs, I look on a lot of financial websites, they say, well, try not to have your house be more than 35% of your check. I'm just kind of looking at it like, I understand people are working with different salaries, but I'm like, man, if you could get it to 25% and under, like now we're really doing something, especially if you're not really doing too much with your car, you don't have a car payment. You can really make gains as far as your wealth goes. So that's just something I'm, I'm trying to always strive for. So no matter if I'm renting or if I'm buying, I'm looking to make that under that 20 to 25% mark. I'm looking to keep it in between there um, or lower if possible. And just some some ways I've, I've kept my cost low is just always being aware of exactly what investing goal I'm trying to hit. So I always want to invest at least 50% of my income. And I know I have to fracture, uh, uh, factor in all the different budget items. So I have to factor in food, which for me relatively stays the same. I have to factor in transportation. Um, I'm always factoring in all the different things that I'm doing so that when it comes to housing, I know which budget I'm within. So it's a, uh, I do it the opposite. So I do my investments first and everything else comes after that. So the more money I make, the more money I can spend uh, on investing. And then also I can increase my lifestyle just a slight bit. I don't want to do it too much because then things get out of control. But um, it's just the, for example, the median income in the U.S. is around 45000 But the average house, the average household uh that people live in, they're paying around nineteen thousand. So you're up. You're upwards of forty percent. You factor in, you know, the average car payment, the average price of food for a family, 
granted, it's only me, so I don't have a family to worry about. I only have a one bedroom. I don't have any kids. So I understand that there's definitely circumstances that will change every scenario. But I mean, 42% is a massive amount. You factor in a car, you factor in food. I mean, you're probably pushing upwards of 70%. It's not a lot that leads left to, especially once as well. So it's not a lot that leads to investing and building on your wealth and, and you know, uh, bettering your family tree, essentially. So I just feel it's important to talk about housing and ways that we all can improve, especially if you're looking at younger people. I mean, I was... I graduated college. I started off making 78 grand. So much money, I had no clue what to do with it. So I was thinking I was, while I was interning, I, I said to myself, oh, I can give me this nice apartment. I was looking at apartments at like $1,600. And then I thought to myself, well, wait, if I just stay at home, which I'm already doing just for a year. No one's expecting you to be living lavishly when you graduate at 22. Everyone's expecting you to still essentially be a college student. It's like if I stay at home and I save that money, I'll have over 13, 14 grand. That's just cold, hard cash, let alone if I invest it and make something with that money. Or what I was focusing on doing is, well, I could save that money up and then purchase my own property. And in doing that, I just kind of got in the, the mindset of, okay, well, let me try to limit some of these budget items so I can maximize my investment into into myself, so whether that was my education or my housing. So uh, my plan was to save up that money and buy a property and get a roommate. So I was going to get an FHA loan, get a roommate to have it be as low as possible, um, especially if I could get one of my friends to live with me, even give them a discount on the rent. It's not a big deal because either way, I'm, I'm paying less than what I would be paying if I were to live by myself or uh, go out and get an apartment. Not only that, but then you're getting principal pay down. And it's just a, it's a combination of things that just leads to you building wealth and you, you continuing to develop that family tree and leave something for your offspring. So that was my main focus. Uh, but things change and stuff like that. But I just want to talk about as far as every, every age group, right? So if you're in college, and you're living on the dorm, that's good. If you have student loans, I might see if you might be able to finesse living at home for a little bit, at least a semester or two or a year. Always looking to get scholarships, but uh, if you can try to be a, a RA to get that housing part covered for you, I wish I would have done that. Um, but again, shout out to my parents. <laughs> Quick shout out. But um, if you once you graduate college, especially if you have student loans. I didn't have student loans, but like I'm so I'm so thankful for that, but now I look back and I, I think, man, even if I had student loans, like I would have stayed home and, and knocked out a ton of that debt. So you know, if you're if your parents are cool with it, maybe you pay them a couple hundred dollars, $400 rent just to help with groceries and help out around the house. Man, stay home and kill that debt off, especially if you have, you know, high five figures, low six figures like you got to take care of that debt because that thing will explode into a large amount. And, you know, it's it's important to take care of things while we're young because then we have so much more time for compound interest to take effect. Um, if you're established in your, in your career and you have a family, 
Um, I'd look especially now with this whole uh, coronavirus issue to just refinance whatever loan you have. So hopefully you have good credit. You refinance now, you can get interest rates as low as 3.2. I'm talking to my coworker uh, at work and he says he has he's looking to refinance. He has an interest rate of 4.6. That'll save him a hundred something dollars a month that can he can put back into his house or he can do other stuff with it. But I mean, essentially, that's a raise. So that's just something to look forward to uh, on that end. And I mean, I would just say if you're in your latter years, I mean, again, I don't know, I'm only 24. So this is just my opinion. But, you know, I look, I, I think, I think having a paid off home when you're heading towards retirement will do a lot more for you mentally and emotionally and spiritually than maybe not paying off your home and trying to invest elsewhere. I do want to have investments, but there's something about not having to worry about your own place that you lay your head down at night that you know, can't nobody take this away from me. I feel like that's a good feeling. And I think that would be kind of where I would be at maybe if I'm like in my 40s, 45, 50s, I would be looking to pay off my home and kind of accelerating that. But I just feel like, especially in the in the black community, man, like a lot of times we feel like we don't have enough say in our communities. We don't, we're always getting gentrified out of our communities. We're always getting pushed out due to um, inflation of rents, uh, inflation of property taxes. And it's like, man, if you own the place that you live, if everyone whether you're in the hood, whether you're in a county, whether you're in the burbs, if you own the home where you live, that gives you, uh, that gives you a vote, that gives you a right to to talk about your area. If you rent, it's not yours, and you you really have no say, <laughs> at least about you know whether it's the air above your house or the you might find oil underneath for the place where you rent. It's a different feeling. It's a different feeling of ownership, and I also feel like then you take better care of your place. You take better care of your area because you own that. Your name is on it and no one's responsible for it but you. You know, I don't take care of my oven here. I break it. Something something happens to it. It's not really my issue. Property manager got to cover that. So, but if you own your home, you own the place that you're in and you have some sort of respect for it, then I feel like as a whole community, it'll just it'll just be better. Um, that's really about it. I didn't really want to take too much of you guys' time. Uh, I just think housing is, is extremely important and it's something I feel like people should take a deeper look into, especially if you're, if you're looking into buying a home, like looking into different ways that you can subsidize your down payments, whether you can get a hundred percent down payment or whether you can get some sort of, uh, some sort of money back from a government program. Any ways that you can get into a home at as low a price as possible and still have it be a good deal, whether the home is, uh, it needs some cosmetic help to it, so that way you, you, you build sweat equity into the home. So say a home is worth $200,000 fixed up um, and you know you got, you buy it for 180, you put 10 in, you get the 10 back on the other end. So not only is your home worth more than your mortgage,
but you can also pull your money back out and chase other ventures with that. So it's like it's those are the things to look out for and those are the things that I think about when I'm looking at properties and I think it's just an important thing to focus on, especially in communities where you feel like you're getting pushed out. Um, that's about it, man, to be honest. I can't believe I'm renting this place. My place is super nice, y'all. I got uh, carpet in a bedroom, which is amazing. Got me a granite, I think it's granite counter, but whatever. And uh, just super thankful for the place I live in and super appreciative that I've been afforded this opportunity to, to you know, just kind of be, be independent. Um, so I'm just thankful for that and looking on to buying a home when I move back. I'm saving up for that right now, so that should be interesting. Hopefully, I can get in while these interest rates are good. But, man, on to the chaser of the day. Oh, man, this is good. I am sipping on some amazing hen dog, <laughs> but it's Hennessy. If y'all haven't uh, realized from the first two episodes, I love cognac. It is so smooth, especially when you get kind of like the, the upper upper shelf, you get the, the better quality stuff. It's so smooth. I never have headaches. It's amazing. Um, but I'm just sipping that with ice. I don't even have no Coke with it. It's just amazing. So just a regular Hennessy. Got me a little small bottle, so very special cognac. Y'all should sponsor me, but you know, maybe that's in like episode 50. <laughs> but yeah, man, the chase of the day is just do what you feel is best for you. You know, like if you feel like you can't afford your house, don't flex. Like, don't keep trying to flex and hold it because you're trying to impress other people. I feel like we, as, especially as Americans, do that too often. Not even speaking on a specific community, but as Americans, there's just this tendency to lean into consumerism. In, but you're doing it for reasons that you don't even connect with. You're doing it to impress other people. You're doing it to impress people that don't care, essentially. So, man, if you got to thug it out in a, in a $500 apartment in New York just for a year because you can't afford anything else and you're trying to get a startup off the ground or you're trying to you're trying to start your sales career and you're getting that off the ground man who cares you know like true friends will not only respect you for that but they definitely won't judge you the same with family like if they truly love you they'll understand the plight they might you know if you're in a bad area they might worry about your safety but as long as you're safe do what you got to do in order to get forward you know don't don't try and overextend yourself just to make it seem like you're in a better place. It's like really, if you spending if you spending over fifty percent on your rent, you have other expenses, man. You broke. It don't matter how much money you making. It's like always keep things in, into perspective and do what's best for you. I was honestly thinking about getting a roommate when I moved out here, just because I felt like I don't know anyone out in Aurora, and that might that would have helped my my money situation as well. That would have helped me continue to save more, but. Um, I felt I did what was best for me, and I'm I'm super happy with the the decision. 
You feel like you need to get a roommate and you in your 30s or 40s, man, who cares? You might That might turn out to be your best friend or your partner in the future. So just always do what's best for you and never let anybody deter you from any decision you're making. You know, you can hear out opinions, but that's all they are, just opinions. Just make sure it's people that you value. And yeah, man, that's it. Like, just get out, go out there and get it, man. It's, it's 2020. We out here doing big things. We trying to figure it out. I'm going to let y'all know I'm, I'm thinking about starting this uh, drop shipping business. I have no clue what I'm doing, but we're going to figure it out the same as this podcast. So, And that's episode two of the Drunk Money Podcast. Y'all stay safe out here. Y'all stay up. Keep getting this money. Peace. And we're out.